Welcome to the first episode of Hatch House. Today I have Blaine Holcomb with me and Will Pellerin and of course, Corey Ellison. Uh, This podcast, we talk to musicians about life and about getting gigs around town and about Nashville and about a million other things. So welcome. Yeah. What's up, guys? Thanks, man. First ever This is Nathan, by the way. This is Nathan Youssef, the host of Hatch House. Totally forgot to say my name. It's all right. That's all right. We just did it for you. We remembered it. So I've known you guys for a very, very long time, about two years now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How did, how did we meet? Um, we met, you and I met at my house on Stockwell Street um, when you were in your MBA program and came over with a bunch of people I didn't know, didn't know you at the time. And uh, we had some beers. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it worked out. <laughs> That's usually how it works. Yeah, exactly. And then you know Blaine from what? <clears throat> Blaine and I went to college together. Okay. Yeah. Which Did was, you not know that? I knew I knew that you guys went to you guys were in oh. like a cappella group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know I know. A lot Saints. Of, the only thing we're known for is a cappella group. <laughs> yeah. Wear our red jackets. Yeah, we're gonna wear our red blazers tomorrow on Broadway if you want to stop by <laughs> the Valentine. This this episode won't be out probably by then, but Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, I so so you guys met first. So you guys were friends first because I, I know I met you through Will, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't knew, remember I exactly. Roommate, I knew your roommate Pavel and then uh you know, I moved here two years ago to get into music stuff with Corey. Actually, um, funny story, me and Corey actually grew up together in uh, Dubai, UAE. And Corey hated his job in geology. And uh, I hated my job in uh, operations, like factory management. And so we both decided let's do something in music at the same time. And we both moved to Nashville and started making music together and trying to get connected with the with the industry. And then I started working on Tunatch and Corey has been doing like a thousand different things within the industry. And Will was my first musician friend. So like everything that we did Tune Hatch related was like all through me texting Will, like, hey, do you know someone? Because <laughs> yeah. I know no one. So uh, yeah, that's how I met Will. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. how I met you too. Yeah, I, I think I met you through Will. I don't remember exactly when we met, but... Um, I used to come to your yeah. gigs. You yeah. guys played at, at Famous. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh yeah, you come down every once in a while. Yeah, because it's like... A three-minute walk for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was the coolest it's thing. Not, it's it's convenient living downtown. Parking's an issue, but, you know, other than oh, that, yeah. it's convenient. I had, I had no excuse but to just, like, walk down there. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, uh, thanks for having us, Nathan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, this, guys, you guys still playing together? Yeah. We're yeah. Play, yeah, we're playing. Uh, we play every Saturday. Um, we used to play at Famous every Saturday, but we now we moved over to the Valentine. So yeah. we're on Broadway every Saturday morning. Ten thirty to two, acoustic duo. So yeah, famous closed down. So yeah, it did yeah. We were just so oh, so good that they. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they closed. Yeah, they were like Blaine and Will are so talented. We have to close the doors because <laughs> they were just, just shut it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that's cool about like Broadway and Broadway gigs. I feel like a lot of people move here, you know, obviously to get into music. But also trying to get Broadway gigs. Can you tell people a little bit more about how you got plugged in with doing Broadway gigs? Yeah, sure. I can, can I can talk more, about yeah. that. Yeah, I think too because like um, being this is the first one of these, we can kind of take turns. Will and I can talk about. We both moved here over eight years ago now, so we can talk about just our whole kind of journey here. But anyway, as far as Broadway goes, um, I moved here in February of 2015. Um, Will and I went to college together at St. Lawrence University, and I graduated in 2014. He was a year behind me. So I moved down here first, 
and I got here February 2015. And like I'd been to Nashville one time before just to visit. So I'd heard of Broadway. I kind of saw lower Broadway. Um, but I didn't realize that you could actually make decent money. Like I didn't know you could make enough money to actually support yourself just by playing gigs on Broadway. So I kind of figured when I moved here, like, oh, I'll try to go down on Broadway and audition at some of the bars, try to get a gig or whatever. But <clears throat> I figured I would have to, you know, find another job to pay the bills. I didn't think that Broadway would do it. But anyways, I moved here. The first gig I ever played in town, by the way, was at Bobby's Idol Hour. Oh, yeah. And that's over like, on West Side. So, no, yeah. So it's like over on Music be. Row. So it's yeah. like, well, they move now. Now they're they're just off Music Row on one of those side streets. But um, but they used to be right on 16th Avenue or right mm-hmm. on Music Row. Um, I think 16th, the one that comes back towards town. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so my, I like emailed the guy that did like writer's rounds there before I moved here. And I got like booked for a Thursday night writer's round or whatever. So I did, that was my first gig in town, like two days after I moved so here. So you, you emailed them. What did you, what do you email somebody? I, I think I just Googled like places to play in Nashville. I found Bobby Seidel Hour, <clears throat> had a contact to a guy. I think his, his name was The Wizard. And he did, he did like, of course it was. Yeah. And, uh, and he did like the, he booked the writer's rounds at Bobby's. And, uh, so I emailed him and he booked me. So of course it was like not a paid gig or anything, just a writer's round. So I went and played, you know, um, I moved to town like everybody does, like with a handful of original songs, thinking that my songs were good. You know, they're not, but, (laughs) but yeah, but going back to like the email specifically, like if you don't have, say you move here, right. You don't have any songs out like at all like what do you even email like do you send them a video of yourself like hey, you i don't remember i don't think i did anything other than just hey uh i'm moving to nashville i'm a singer songwriter and i oh, would okay. like to play a writer's round at bobby's and he just booked me <clears throat> i think yeah i okay. think that's as simple as that like he booked me and and so he booked me and then i went and did it and it was fun and then he wanted me to come back the next week which i agreed to i was like oh yeah that'd be great i'll come back but then in the meantime if i remember right this was a thursday it was in february and then that Saturday, I went downtown to Tootsie's because I heard, I found out um, that Tootsie's does auditions on every Saturday um, afternoon in the back room of Tootsie's. And what it is is basically like open mic where you can sign up to get up with the house band and, uh, oh, okay. and sing a couple songs with the house band at Tootsie's. So I went down to Tootsie's on Saturday and got up and auditioned, and they liked me. Um, so they ended up hiring me, like kind of right on the spot. And then, uh, and then I got, so I got started getting booked to play with a band at Tootsie's like every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So then I had to like email the wizard back and say, Hey, sorry, man, I, I can't come play next Thursday. Cause I'm going to be at Tootsie's and I was going to get paid to play at Tootsie's. So, yeah. um, Makes anyway, so that's how I got into Broadway. So I started, uh, I started at Tootsie's, um, just by auditioning there, got hired, got, got kind of plugged in with one of the house bands and, uh, I was like, I was the front man with like, we had, we had a six piece band. So we, we put six people. If you guys have been in that like front room of Tootsie's, you walk in the door, like the little mm-hmm. stage on the right, the bars on the left. We had six people in that band. We had five of us on that little stage and then a uh, female singer on the bar. So it was like female singer and myself kind of like co fronting. And then we had a female fiddle player and then we had a guitar. So like on the little stage, it would be like me in the front left and then female fiddle player next to me and then guitar player behind me, bass player next to him and then drummer in the back. Yeah. I remember you, cause I don't know if Tootsie still does this, but when you, uh, when you started doing that, you sent me a link to a live feed so I could watch. Oh yeah. The, yeah, that's right. So they used to do live yeah. streams. Yeah. So like when I first started, like my whole family back home, I'm from upstate New York and they would, uh, 
they would tune in and like watch the live stream of me singing it. To oh, song. cool. Yeah, That's it was kind of cool. If you don't like those weather cameras they have at like yeah, yeah. resorts and stuff <laughs> where you can see where snow is, like what snow's yeah. going on. You see the, yeah, the, the hurricane tootsies. coming into the shore. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so that's how I started down there. And then Tootsie's, the Tootsie's Circuit is, you know, Tootsie's, Rippies, Honky Tonk Central. And then the Kid Rock Bar, which wasn't here when I moved here. Like that's another thing we can talk about. Broadway has changed so much in the, in the time that Will and I have been here. Um, but anyways, the guy that owns Tootsie's owns Tootsie's, Rippies, Honky Tonk Central, and the Kid right. Rock Bar. So I would play that circuit of bars. And I, I did that for several years. And then I kind of moved to some other bars. And I've, I basically bounced up and down Broadway. And, and, uh, but just, yeah, that's how I got started. So I got a question, though. Um, when, when you're starting to get gigs, right, it feels like I, I'm, I've never tried to get a gig. And I don't ever plan to try and get a gig. I don't think anyone wants to hear me do any of that type of stuff. But I've always been intrigued, right? Because, you know, you got some people that are playing these gigs on Broadway that they're making decent money. And you got some people that are doing ticketed shows and some people are doing ticketed shows for a thousand people, some for 50 people, right? When you first come to town, are you thinking, let me first get into some sort of writer's round? Is that the first thought? And then from there, you're thinking like, let me trade up to like a Broadway gig or are you kind of just flowing through whatever's open is open? Are you? Yeah, I think it's maybe a little bit of both. Cause like, you know, writer's rounds are like great to play and kind of network and meet other songwriters and get to like showcase your originals. Um, yeah. and it's a great networking tool, especially when you first move to town, but, but broad, but the writer's rounds don't pay. I mean, it, it like nowadays, like if you, if you play the bluebird, or if you play the listening room, um, th- those places pay, which is great. They, they, yeah, they, you know, they, they have, a, they like, they charge a cover charge to get in the door. So like the artists that play there make money. But if you're just like, I remember you can tell the story about Douglas corner when you used to go there oh, yeah. and like open yeah, mics yeah. and like wait in line to play. Like, yeah. that's like a cool story about when you first come to Nashville trying oh, to play yeah. writer's round. But anyway, I'll let him tell that, but it's basically like the writer's rounds are where you would kind of try to network and meet other writers and stuff. And Broadway is like, if you're trying to make money to like pay your bills and do that, you know, through music, Broadway is a good place to start, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to speak to that, like when I first moved here, you know, Blaine was, you'd been here a few times before you moved here, right? Like you had visited once. I came once in in 2012 with my family. We came here just to visit. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even know what Nashville looked like. I didn't, I didn't know anything about the town. I thought it was only country played here and, you know, Blaine and I went to college together and he called me up after I graduated and he just said, you know, you should move down here. I know you want to do music and you won't regret it. And so I've been here for eight years, but for me, it was a little different. I think he, you know, obviously he's a country artist, knows all the country songs that you need to, to kind of play down on Broadway. So for me, it was like, I really wanted to pursue just like my singer songwriter thing with the Americana style. Um, that was kind of my focus when I first moved and so when I first got here, you know, just like anybody else, you don't know anybody. So it's, you have to network, you have to try and figure it out, but it's pretty brutal for people that show up. And if you don't have any kind of connections, tell your Douglas corner story. Yeah. yeah so I remember you doing this stuff. Yeah. So and so funny. I would, what I ended up doing, I had savings from the summer before when I graduated from college, I worked on a farm and I lived with my parents. So I just like saved up all this money. It sounds so cliche, but <laughs> it's a true story. And, um, sounds like a country I, song. It does sound like a country song. <laughs> And then I moved here and I think I quickly found out, I was like, I'm just going to make music work. And I quickly found out how fast your savings goes when you don't mm-hmm. have a job. So then I ended up, you know, getting a job at a coffee shop and working there for a while just to help make ends meet. And 
Uh, you know, in the meantime, I was trying to play every show that I could. And those opportunities, like you're talking about the email thing, like emailing people, reaching out, I'd, I'd send emails quite a bit, but without any kind of experience or, you know, stuff to show, if you don't have anything recorded, no one's going to really take you seriously. So a lot of options for new songwriters, new people that move to Nashville, it's open mics and they're a great way to meet other artists, other people doing the same exact thing in the same boat. But when you're, when you're outperforming those, you know, you're not saying to anybody, with fresh ears. Everybody else wants everyone else to listen to them as well. So right. it's like you're performing to a room of people wanting to do the exact same thing. And he was talking about Douglas corner. There used to be this really awesome bar over on eighth Avenue and they hosted an open mic and I would go every week. And I think it was Tuesday nights, but to get on the list, you had to call in your name and, uh, you had to leave voicemail, but there were hundreds of people calling all at once. So it would just go beep, 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 and it would never go through. So what I figured out was that they turned the voicemail on five minutes before, you know, whatever it was, three o'clock. So I would call in at two fifty five, and I'd, and I'd get at the top of the list. Nice. So I did that for a couple of weeks and I'd, I'd be the first one to play. So if you don't get on the top of the list and you're at the back of the list, you know, there's a hundred people performing that night. You could be sitting in people. Yeah, there'd be like a hundred people on the How list. How long did that last? So it started at like I want to say seven o'clock. How many people were in the, each round? Four, four usually, and then you play two or three songs, um, and then is it packed room though? Packed room, but a lot of times so what happens they do twenty five rounds. So yeah, it was dude. I'm telling you, Douglas Corner is packed, and and you would sit there until your name was called. And there, there were some nights where if I was on the bottom of the list, I would have to sit through round after round after round till I got up there. And there was one time I didn't get up till one o'clock in the morning. Uh, and I think wow. there was seven or eight people left in the room still listening and watching. Wow. But I ended up meeting a good friend of mine who we can, it was actually Joel Adam Russell, who's an awesome singer songwriter oh. in town. Yeah, um, he was there that night. Yeah. He was there that night. And then we became buds. He's and, the dude that had the viral TikTok, right? Of the telling the story about, uh, Nelson's green bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, go check out his music. But uh, yeah, so we we became friends after that. And you know that's just kind of how I networked. That's how I met people. That's how I got other gigs. And it just grew into that. And now I'm playing with Blaine down on Broadway for fun. And I had to learn a lot more country songs because I didn't know any. But there's there's plenty of stories that we could tell you about those days too, like back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I also, um, I think the gigs are is such an interesting concept. Just so difficult to get up there sometimes and then to get consistent gigs. I'm also curious about like ticketed shows, right? Like what are your guys' thoughts on ticketed shows? Because it pays more money to play on Broadway sometimes than it does to, you know, try and put a tour together. Do you guys have any thoughts on like, how do you put your first tour together? How do you, how do you figure out where you can play to get ticketed shows? Do you make money doing ticketed shows? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's different for both of us. I feel like some of the shows I play in town, um, sometimes they're free shows and you're just doing it for exposure. Um, but in a lot of cases I never make money on ticketed shows. Um, especially if it's full band, because I, you know, some of these guys are seasoned vets and they have a rate that they want to get paid and totally get that. And I want to pay my band. Is that pretty, is that pretty constant though? Like, is that most people just aren't going to make money off a ticketed show? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, like, I mean, you gotta like, pay your band. Yeah. Know? Like with us, like, I mean, with, uh, yeah, I think with Will and I, like we're still kind of relatively unknown. So it's like, if we try to do a ticketed show around town, like how many people are going to show up our friends and it's probably it. You know? Yeah. Like, nobody knows us. 
you know, true. I would give you guys a lot more credit than that. Yeah. But I've been to, you know, your shows before, like the East Room and mm-hmm. seen you play before. And I know Blaine's focused on on um, Broadway, but I, I definitely want to just test the waters a little bit in some different venues. But uh, I feel like even if you pack a place out, I think it's still difficult to make a decent money with a ticketed show. Just because you got you to gotta pay everybody in your band to play right yeah and sometimes there's a production fee and yeah it's hard if that's your yeah. source of income i mean it's yeah very if, if you could like right. if you had enough of a following like if you're talking about a ticketed event in nashville like if you could if you could fill up the exit in or even like like third and lindsley if it was 20 bucks a person to get in the door i mean that's 400 people maybe 500 people it's decent money yeah yeah you but can definitely like, make money but, of those shows but. yeah for sure but it's like but at this point like i don't think i could or you probably could get 400 people to show up at third and Lindsley. Yeah. Know? And some bands have guarantees too, but that's like we're talking about, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. national touring acts where they yeah. have written in their contract. Like I'm going to make sure I make this amount of money, yeah. but a lot of bands, you know, make their money off selling merch too. Yeah. A lot of people like to joke that bands are, uh, just glorified clothing salesmen <laughs> and like yeah. hat salesmen. Yeah. Cause you make a lot of money off of that too. Yeah. People, people buy merch at shows. Totally. Yeah. Uh, who was it that played the Ryman recently back to back nights? I'm trying to think who it was. Was it uh was it maybe Cody Jinks or one of those Texas country guys, maybe Cody Jinks or something. He uh I heard he, he sold like forty grand worth of merch each night. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. The numbers on merch. How are many wild. people how many people are in the Ryman? I don't know, what's it hold two thousand, twenty five hundred maybe? Maybe. Yeah. People twenty like thirty dollar shirts, hats, koozies. Maybe some vinyls. Yeah, I had a friend that worked for Justin Bieber one time, or it was a, it was on his purpose tour, and he told me that Justin was making a million dollars a night just in merch alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was selling a million dollars worth of merchandise at his shows mm-hmm. in these stadiums, and he had and every single one was sold out. Mm-hmm. So it's wild. And I, now I look at the whole Taylor Swift thing too. It's she's crushing it. Yeah, yeah. Like the amount of income that brings. <laughs> yeah, she's on another level. Yeah. So yeah, it's just. Goes to show the, the how wide the variety is from you know when you first moved to Nashville all the way up to something like a megastar. Do you guys keep like merch? Do you guys have like your cars have a bunch of merch in it? Or so like, what do you guys so do I have uh, I have a few totes of merch sitting in my basement that just sit there. I made some merch years ago, and uh, yeah, I just had a bunch made up. It's like I made like five thousand dollars worth of merch. I've probably sold half of it. Maybe it just sits in my basement, but. Do you um, take it to Broadway? No, I, I should. Just because like lugging it around is, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I should take like the koozies and stuff, but like, but anyway, what I what I do now, which is just more convenient for me, is uh, I have a, I work with a merch company um, here in Nashville called Screen Threads, mm-hmm. and they're over in uh, uh, Marathon Music Works, like that building, um, you know what that is? Yeah, I know what yeah. that is. Um, they, uh, they're really cool. So they have it set up where um, all my merch, I have a merch store on my website, and you can go on there and order anything and they just they print it on demand and then package it and ship it and I never have to touch it. I just oh, make cool. some money. Pay like pay them for like the cost of the shirt, you know, and like the shipping and whatever and like them the whatever fee they charge me for printing it. And then we sell them, you know, and then like they, they ship it out to the customer and then I make the 
the profit on the top of it. So you don't, you don't even have to do. I don't have to touch it. Oh, yeah. okay. It's like I, I like <clears throat> I have a sign now for my Broadway shows as a QR code that goes to like a big link, you know. Oh, okay. And one of those little links is my merch store, and you just go to my website. And um, what we did is like so they they print all the shirts on demand. So like they have they have my designs for each shirt, and uh, and uh, they they have. Uh, um, they they will like take they have all the shirts there so they'll take a shirt out like whatever size print it package it ship it with the koozies we actually had those made by another company but then shipped to them and then same with the hats I have like hats and koozies but they have everything there so like anybody that goes on my website to order anything I don't have to touch it they just do it for me ship it to the customer That's smart and yeah. I just get direct deposit like That's money really smart. Like, yeah because yeah. it'd be super annoying to have all these different totes of yeah. you know clothes and stuff in your basement <laughs> yeah. Um, who you guys um, kind of look up to here in Nashville? Maybe they were coming up with you at the same time or kind of popped off. And I, I can name a couple people here in town that I feel like just blew up around the same time as you guys. And uh, I'm just wondering if you guys have stories or someone that you guys look up to. Well, you know, it's kind of crazy if you think about like just just the two, probably the two biggest guys in country music right now currently um, Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen, they both moved to Nashville right about the, about the same time I did. Right. So it's like, they're yeah. kind of, they're, they're doing a little bit better. Yeah, they me. were doing like, wow. <laughs> it's close, but you know, it's not just really. Wait, but, you're you know. almost just wait. <laughs> wait till this podcast drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go viral on the, yeah. the Hatch House podcast. I'll yeah. catch up to those guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, they're killing it. But they, they also, you know, like I know Luke Combs in particular, he was like doing Whiskey Jam and he was doing a lot of the things yeah. that, most people that move to Nashville just do. So, mm. um, he, he's a cool story. Like I've listened to some of the stuff like with him and in interviews or podcasts. Like he, he didn't really have to get a job when he moved here because he was already doing so well with sell. Like he was like making money on music already. Just like from back home in North Carolina, like he had gotten enough of a following on Facebook, I think, or like, and also he was doing vines when vines was a thing. Oh, and like he got a following and like he, he started like, I mean, that's how he got his record deal because when he released Hurricane, like that song sold like 50,000 units or something in like no time in like a week. And every label in Nashville is like, holy shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I've had some interesting moments of, you know, like I mentioned earlier about playing the open mics and stuff, but there's been cool writers rounds that I've been invited to. I didn't know who the other writers were. Um, one of them was with an artist named Briston Maroney. Um, he's blown up on the indie scene. I didn't, I didn't know him. I, I met him that night and, um, you know, we played a few songs. I think there was four people there. Two of them were outside smoking a cigarette and the other two were just sitting there watching <laughs> us play. So there's technically like two people and a bartender just like, I want to go home. It's Wednesday night and it's nine o'clock at night. But, uh, no, he blew up and it was, it was interesting. Cause like we played that show and we talked after and he's like, well, yeah, we should write sometime. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And that's a lot of, a lot of, the, a lot of times the case people will, will say that. And sometimes you don't follow up on it, but now I really wish I had followed up on maybe writing with him. But it's yeah. like, yes, what you say is a nicety to somebody and he wouldn't know who I am, but obviously he's like big and famous now and got some other friends that, you know, that have really started to take off and their trajectory is a lot different than mine. But what's cool about Nashville is that people are there to help and um, it doesn't really matter what step of the ladder you're on. It just, people are like willing to support you yeah. through it. And if they can help you, then they will give you that connection or, you know, be able to say, Hey, I know this guy that does this. And so that's been good yeah. living here. There's, there's some really good, uh, like up and coming. I, I would say like traditional country guys that I like a lot. Like one 
uh, Zach Top is a guy like I've I've followed Zach for a few years now, like before he even moved here, like full time I think. And uh, and uh, I chatted with him a couple times, you know, met him here and there. And uh, he's really good. It's like really country. Like he's he's working with I think he's working with Carson Chamberlain, who's like a pretty big producer. Mm -hmm. I, I think he played Carson. I think played steel guitar for uh, Keith Whitley back in the day. And uh, he's pretty like he produced a bunch of Billy Currington records and. I think maybe Easton Corbin and stuff. But anyways, he's working with him and like he's Zach's played the Opry a couple times. Like he's he's doing really well. Yeah. And he's like super, super like old school country, which I love. Yeah, definitely. And since being at Tune Hatch, like have you met anybody that over the last couple of years that, you know, has kind of started to rise a little bit that you were surprised about or Yeah, I mean I feel like they're I haven't seen the, anyone branch out past Nashville, but I've seen people's numbers, you know, jump quite a bit, um, just from people that we booked like last summer till now. But, um, it's always interesting to see somebody that kind of get, does something that goes a little bit viral. And then all of a sudden they're not just in Nashville. They're, they're in other cities. Um, I always found that really fascinating because it, it feels like if it feels like a little bit of luck because I see you guys play, you know, and then there's somebody else that ne next to you that might play and like somehow they're doing something on TikTok and they just kind of blow up. And, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the formula is. I wish, I think everyone's trying to figure, figure yeah, out. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, formula, I can't, I haven't that figured algorithm, out the, right? Yeah, I haven't figured out the TikTok thing. You've I'm been kinda, trying to figure I've out I've been trying algorithm. and I'm kind of over it. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of over algorithm. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of like, I'm kind of at the point now, like I'm in the middle of releasing some more songs like currently um and i've been trying to release music pretty consistently the last couple of years um but i think i'm kind of at the point with it now where it's like i don't really want to i don't think chasing viral is the right thing to do i just yeah. don't think that's the way to do it i think it's just be yourself be authentic write the music you want to write and then just like do do make the best art you can make and put it out there to the world and and if it hits it hits if it's meant to be it's meant to be yeah, yeah i, I yeah. think i probably agree with that line of thought um a lot the only difference in my thought process with that is like something that I've seen you do, Blaine, is like you're very systematic. And so I don't know if it's so much that you're chasing like a viral thing. I've never seen you like, you know, wear yeah. like a crop top or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, on. I haven't I haven't quite haven't, stooped that low no, no, yet. But hey, yeah. give it time. Give it time. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, you, you are authentic, but you're also very systematic where you're like, you know, I'm going to put out, you know five of these a month or six of these yeah, a month. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps to, if you're the social media thing, if you can do it, which it's exhausting, but it, it definitely helps to hammer it every day if yeah. you can. And and you one know. thing about social media too, and a lot of artists, and I think I've had this conversation with so many people, is that so many of us that are singer-songwriters and you know what we want to do is play music, perform music, we're not meant to be social media people. Right. It's not what, that's not what we're passionate about. And so... And in this day and age, it is a necessity. So it is really something that you kind of have to figure out. I think for me, when I see an authentic artist that does really well on social media is they found how to be creative in a unique way while still being their authentic self mm -hmm. that resonates with other people. So it's like, you know, you watch some of these artists that do like really interesting covers or they're really good at, maybe they have a podcast kind of like this. They love to talk to other people. They try and find like another branch of social media that they that kind of hits that same vein as music does, but I mean I'm really bad at social media just because I hate it. Like I don't want to do it, yeah. and but it's it's one of those necessary evils yeah. if you want to get into. I mean, more look, look at look at Zach Bryan. 
I mean, he he's huge on TikTok, right? Yeah. Like that's I I've always kind of thought like he's really good, you know. Um, but like I've always thought he's kind of similar to Tyler Childers to me, mm-hmm. and like I'm a huge Tyler Childers fan, and and like but if you look at it now, like I think Zach is like pretty way like way more popular, I would say, or like has way bigger numbers mm-hmm. from a following standpoint or maybe yeah. streaming standpoint than Tyler Childers, and I think a lot of that is from TikTok. Like he blew up on TikTok. Yeah, didn't now, he have like a viral video of him singing? Yeah, he had some. Maybe YouTube was like where he first went viral. He was still in the Navy, I think. Yeah, he yeah, was like, still in the Navy. Um, but they like, filmed him like playing the guitar. Or something. Yeah, but like since then, like his TikTok is just like every time he posts, it just crushes. Yeah, I think there are people that um, they definitely make it by just having some virality to it, and then there are some people that, like you you said, they they uh, do these cover songs or they figure out like some kind of segment that they do. Yeah, and they've done it so many times that they've refined it, where it's like, it just makes it yeah. just it's good content, and it might seem like really come natural and easy to them. They but they probably put in like their ten thousand hours to like create something like that, versus like some people who obviously talent aside, some people just they play a song and it kind of goes viral. Like Oliver Anthony, like that know, was just a flash. Yeah, like, he I just say it's a flash in the pan, but that's just something. That's it was like, a perfect storm of like, yeah, perfect you know, storm. He, he spoke to a lot of people that were feeling frustrated with the way things were, the way things are. Oh, you know the way things are. You know, no doubt. Yeah, and, and and he's speaking of authentic. Like that's the thing too. Like you can't fake that authenticity. I mean, that's as authentic as it gets. He recorded that with with an Android phone as a mm-hmm. as a YouTube video to put to put it on YouTube put it on YouTube and then ripped the audio off the YouTube video. And that's the audio that he uploaded through distribution to all the streaming platforms. Like that's literally what that is. That's yeah. as raw as raw gets. It's and literally like, just his Android phone. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Like ripped the audio off the YouTube video to yeah. make the MP3 and then uploaded it. I'm sure. They probably and released did some post production stuff on it though. Maybe May, I, it's like, it's pretty bare bones, but like, yeah. but it's like the authenticity in his voice. Like you can't, you can't fake that. No, no, no. That's, that's real. That's him. That's kind of know? what I'm talking about, right? There's two different things. There's like that, which like even if you put in the 10,000 hours, you're not going to be able to create that. That's just like the perfect storm of what's going on in the world and then being your authentic self and telling a great story. Yeah. I think all of us wish we could come up with that yeah. exact moment, but it just kind of comes to you in when the timing's right. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that. Then there's the other side of it where like people – research like you know slime is popular people will watch slime videos i don't know <laughs> or like asmr you know <laughs> what i'm ASMR, talking about oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're ASMR like you, you're those things through. are weird as shit they're man. weird they are weird. but if you come across, are we allowed to swear on this podcast yes you're allowed to swear. <laughs> but when you come across like a um one of these asmr videos like you just stop and you watch it and so sometimes people yeah. stop and watch it and then they put their music to it i'm trying to think of someone who like actually went viral doing that but like yeah they found they found oh, they put their music to like the the asmr thing yeah or they yeah for they, sure. like they made it into a song or something it's like a clickbait thing they start you off with asmr and then oh, they okay. turn into a song maybe not asmr exactly but like um is that what it's called memes, asmr you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what the asmr stands for ASMR. audio this might be Sench. our first question for Corey. audio yeah Corey, what, Corey, what is why don't you google that for? or actually Something audio just know off the top of his head we have we have Corey over here uh, running running this show for us. Yeah, hey guys, how y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe ASMR stands for Audio Sensory uh, Meridian Response. 
Oh, that sounds. Is that actually right? Like that? I, I believe I'll it. Look that up. That's Sounds good, good enough for me. We'll get yeah. back to you on that. Corey, but. I've known Corey since I was like you know, thirteen years old. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what you guys said. You grew up together. Yeah, we grew up together, and uh, Corey has the most eclectic range of things that he he likes, and uh, in that range is ASMR. Nice, <laughs> I nice. I do watch. Corey, ASMR. Corey will listen. I don't know how much of this I. <laughs> want to play Corey on the spot. Put it all out there. But Corey, <laughs> we, Corey can just edit this part no, out. No, but for real, Corey will uh, listen to like different, he'll like put my headphones on and he'll, different ASMR things. Like there's people that do like, yeah, they t- they, t- they touch like girls with the long nails and they'll touch the touch the mic. Have you not do seen like, these videos? Yeah, no, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah it's so yeah. weird. It is I don't weird. understand it's it at all. Are they, they, they whisper? Yeah, yeah. The it's freaking strange. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 I do not like that. That <laughs> yeah, it's very me out. strange. Yeah, it yeah. kind of feels like they're like By all behind means, me or something. I'm yeah. not saying Corey's into that type of stuff, but he not does in a know. sexual way. just a normal normal person way. Yeah. Okay, I was close. It's not it's not audio, it's autonomous sensory meridian response. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah, nice. You're close. You got three yeah. out of four. So I, well yeah, if we don't make it into music, ASMR sounds great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what kind of mics do we need for that? We're, before we started yeah. this today, we were trying to figure out what the best kind of mics we could use for this podcast. We got we got three, we have four different mics here, so we're gonna see which one we'll we like out the which most. Which one's the best for ASMR? Yeah. 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 It just switches to ASMR. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's kind of what I was what I what was the thought that I had with ASMR? Uh, just talking oh. about how yeah people get yeah. creative about how they get viral or yeah people get creative and then you go through their TikToks or their Instagrams or whatever and it's like the same same uh, shot or the same kind of process. So mm-hmm. every video when you go through, you kind of know what you're gonna get. Yeah, and it's easy to slide through them. I think you know there are some musicians that that's kind of they've kind of gravitated towards a more systematic way of just going through their TikTok or their Instagram. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's the Oliver Anthony. So yeah, I think it's, um, it's tricky. It's hard to figure out how to do something on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out my buddy, Daryl Ron, cause he did something really creative on TikTok that that was cool. Um, he would, he would start, you know, playing his own original songs and they were doing well. And he wanted to be creative about, you know, creating new material while he's on, on the platform. And he did this thing where he was having, uh, people put their names that they wanted to have a song written about. So like mm-hmm. if her name was Amy, like they would, someone would type Amy or write a song about Amy, write a song about whatever. So he'd pick a name and he'd make a video about it and he'd write a whole song and they're all like really catchy and cool and creative and end up like doing really well for himself because the people are engaging, you know, it forces them to comment, forces them to like it, you know, and really think about it, like, oh, I want my name next. Yeah, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen cool. uh, I've seen a lot of Daryl stuff actually. Um, Daryl at one point was gonna, I put on uh, concerts in my apartment every, and by I I mean like Will finds people to come over and <laughs> T- play. Tune hat shows, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like these little hatch house shows yeah. that we're gonna probably do some more of them. But uh, mm-hmm. I think Daryl at one point was gonna jump in and, and do it, and ever since then I've been following him and. I think he played on like Jimmy Kimmel and really, you know, yeah, he did yeah. a bunch of. He, he's he a did a guy, yeah, yeah. He did a really cool thing with Jimmy Kimmel. So they had a segment where they brought two artists, maybe three. I think it was two artists, Daryl and this other girl, and they, um, I think they gave them a total of ten minutes to write a song each. So mm-hmm. they set a timer, and then they each had to write a song. 
and then they came out and performed it on on the show and then the he, crowd voted he on killed it he his song is so good he's one of the best songwriters i've ever met in my life yeah. he's, really he's this guy live here he was in new york oh. uh, how'd yeah. you meet him i met him when i first moved here because my friend aaron um tompkins is from st lawrence he went to st lawrence really yeah your year my year yeah um, i don't know him i don't think i'm forgetting what you know what fyp he was in or whatever but um what's fyp First year program. Yeah, it's like our, our freshman year, like we were in certain dorms, and each dorm was like an FYP, like a first year program. And you had like, you had like uh, okay. advisors, and like that you went to. You, had, you took a class basically with your dorm. What is FYP? I've heard FYP somewhere else though. FYP is uh, the FYP page on TikTok for, for you page. page. <laughs> oh, for you page. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Hashtag FYP. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never knew hilarious. what I, I never knew what that meant, but I knew FYP. For you page. Yeah, yeah, yeah the for you page. That's no. Yeah. We're, we were talking about something different at St. Lawrence. It was a. Okay. It's like a, a first year college program. Yeah. So my buddy Aaron connected me with Daryl because we both moved here the same around the same time, and Daryl didn't end up uh, living here for much longer than I think maybe a year, maybe less than that. But we. Oh, he did close. live here then. He did, yeah. But we stayed we stayed close over the years and um yeah, shout out to Daryl. Go check out his music. Daryl Ron. Cool. He's amazing. So Isn't good. Ron spelled like R A H N? Yeah. 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 There cool. you go. For all you all you listeners. We probably have millions of people listening right now. Oh, at, we least, definitely do. at least at least, uh, at least a million. Four. Yeah. At least four of us. Yeah. Yeah. Corey um, was the first one to break and go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just threw him under the bus. Nobody knew until you <laughs> Nobody said needed to know yeah. until I said yeah. it. Your mic's yeah. falling down a little bit. Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, but, uh, hey, I, I was going to say, since this is the first Hatch House yeah. podcast, why don't we actually have you kind of take over for a second and tell everybody what Tune Hatch is all about. Like, you started Tune yeah. Hatch. Just tell us the whole story, like, from starting it to how it's evolved, where it's at now, where, what your, like, future plans are, if you have any idea of, like, where you're going with it, like. Tell everybody what's going on with Tune Hatch. Yeah, so Tune Hatch, um, you know, I moved here back, what, two years ago? Um, I was working in factories, and uh, in particular working in industrial engineering factories, managing factories, and uh, I wanted to use... Pipe factory. It was like piping and valves, very <laughs> sexy product. Um, <laughs> for anyone that's listening from the valve factory, I... I did like my job, but I wanted to do something different. <laughs> Your old boss is yeah. listening. No, no, no. It was, it was great. You know, honestly, it was great experience and stuff. But I, I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. And Corey, since we were, like, kids, we always want. we used to always make music. And, like, we've kind of shifted away from doing that a little bit. But I always wanted to do something with music, and I always wanted to do it around Corey because Corey's, like, my best friend you know yeah get sentimental with him over there <laughs> but um thanks man yeah um so when i when i moved here to get my mba i i knew i was going to do something entrepreneurial and um cory was like i i'm tired of he has a master's in geology he's like i'm tired of you know going to the oil rigs and doing these mud logging samples let's let's do something with music and so he moved here with me we moved in together and um uh, i ended up you know, trying to figure out different music concepts. I met a classmate named Crystal and she was working on this thing called Tune Hatch. And, uh, you know, she, she was a songwriter and she was trying to help musicians get booked for shows pretty much. And so I clinged on to that. We launched, uh, through, uh, through Vanderbilt, our MBA program. We did a couple classes together. We pitched it. 
a bunch of times. We ended up winning uh, $65,000 in different um, pitch competitions over the past two years. Nice. Yeah, and then instead of getting jobs, we we worked on Tune Hatch, and um, you know we're still working on it. Uh, we just got into a, a program called Tech Stars, which for musicians, like a comparison of that is like getting into American Idol. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like you know there's different seasons of it, like season seventeen. Oh, cool. But, um, is it like Shark Tank a little bit? It's it's yeah. like Shark Tank. They they give you um, resources and mentors to help you launch your business, and so we got into that. And um, you know we're doing we're doing well. What what Tune Hatch is though, is we help uh, primarily music venues, right? We help them book, promote, and ticket shows all at once. So if you look at like um, the different ticketing websites, they all kind of they all kind of suck. Yeah. Um, they don't really provide any value to the venues except for just giving you a ticket link that they put a crazy fee on top of. So the goal with Tune Hatch is, you know, instead of using your Google Calendar, you know, Instagram and all these different things, different tools, just use one tool to book the musician, to promote the show and to sell the ticket. And we collect data on the entire process to help them figure out like how to pack out a show in the future. Um, and yeah, you know, it's been, it's been going really well and people have been really receptive to it. We have now 950 registered artists on Tune Hatch wow. and we have 15 venues using us in town. Um, a lot of places that are, um, like local hubs for, uh, ticketed shows and yeah, it's really cool. It's going well. Cool. Yeah. It's awesome. grown so much since the first show you ever did. I think, was yeah. that the show we did here? Yeah. We started up with, uh, pop-up shows, right? And, uh. We used to well, just. You've played a bunch of them, right? Yeah, well, I've, yeah, I've played quite a few. I've played one, I think. I played the one out uh, off of uh, Charlotte Pike. Right? Yeah, Sylvan Supply. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we started off with uh, pop up shows, and by we, I mean me, Corey, and you, Will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just had we we bought a, a PA system, and uh, just started putting on these little pop up shows, and we started in my apartment. And we it was a good it was a good round. That was a really special night. There that was, was like, a lot of fun. Yeah. We had like, like seventy five hundred yeah, people in there. No, seventy five hundred. Probably seventy five people. Seventy five to hundred. Seventy five to hundred is yeah. what Will was trying I, to say. No, I said that. Seventy five yeah. to hundred. Oh, you, you said you said seventy five hundred. Yeah, I said seventy five to hundred. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um <laughs> there was seventy five hundred people in your apartment, dude. That was wild. Yeah. There were people standing on top of other people. It was uh, pretty packed in here. It was packed, yeah. It was great too. It was it, and you could just tell the response and like, people love those kind of moments and, yeah. yeah it's been sure. great to see how much you guys have grown. It's awesome. Yeah, you know, I really don't want to get a real job, so I yeah. hope it hope it works out. Um, and uh, none of us want a real job. That's no. why we play music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it's been great. And you know, uh, just talking to musicians, everyone's been really supportive of it. And. Uh, it's nice to also do this podcast to just like talk to people and figure out questions that I have, right? Like uh, I, I legitimately am very curious about how musicians make it in the industry because I think it's a hard thing to figure out and there's not really a pathway to do it. If you if you think about like a corporate job, it's like, okay, first you're going to be a supervisor, then you're going to be a manager, and yeah. then you're going to be a this and then you're going to do that and then you'll get to a VP level and then you'll be president and then yeah, you climb the ladder, you climb yeah. the ladder. But like with music, it's like there's some ladder climbing, but at the same time, like it's really hard to figure, hard to figure out. There's not, yeah, there's no like 
you know, one plus one is not always two, you know, music. It's like, you never know. Yeah. It's a ton of work, but it's, there's so much luck involved too. Um, I've been able, I've been fortunate enough to meet so many, you know, big artists and I, and something I do like to ask is like, you know, how did you do it? How did you make it? And it it sounds so cliche, but so many of them just like, it literally got so lucky, Mm -hmm. um, right moment at the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, like, you know, Connor McGinnis, um, he told me a story. He used to be in a band called the Sunni Mountain Boys, and I loved their record when that came out. And, uh, well, I guess when I first met them and I was exposed to their music, but he was telling me a story about how they were being played on an NPR station in Texas, I think. And a, a, a friend of ours now who works for a record label heard him on this tiny little NPR station in the middle of nowhere in Texas heard their band come on and he figured out who they were, reached out to them and that eventually brought them to Nashville. So it's kind of like crazy how that stuff works oh, out. I didn't you know? know that. I've met Connor a couple times too. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I think it's he's very, got some pretty cool stories. <laughs> I don't know if it's the right word, but it's kind of like a, maybe like a very romantic thought of like, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's kind of like this, uh, this idea of like, this one thing or this one story did it, but usually there's like 10 years of grinding until people kind of get their break, you know? Yeah. Oh, how does that? Yeah. They call it a 10 year town here. 10 year town? <clears throat> Why they call it a 10 year town? I, just because it usually takes 10 years to make it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Most, most artists, it takes a while. I mean, guys like uh, Luke Combs and even Morgan Wall, and those guys are like an exception that, you know, um, I mean, Luke had success pretty quickly after moving here. And, um, I mean, I think he moved here in 2014, and I think Hurricane hit in 2016. That's pretty uncommon. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't happen like that way for most people. Yeah, yeah. Two year um, town for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been here for eight and a half, so I'm getting close to hey, ten. So you got a year. I don't know what happens when I get to ten. Well, but you know, we're yeah. gonna find out in about a year and a half. <laughs> then you then you start telling people it's a 15 year town. <laughs> yeah, Ward, Ward Davis. <laughs> Ward Davis put a, a record out a few years ago uh, titled "15 Years in a 10 Year Town." Yeah. Pretty that's, cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting too because there are so many artists that you know eventually blow up after maybe 10, 12, 15 years of grinding, and then you know, Rolling Stones, whoever writes up about them, like best new artists. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. funny because yeah. people think, oh, they they just oh, they started. Just started. Yeah. Oh, look at this guy. I know. It's brand new, right out of the wrapper. <laughs> so funny how that works. Um. Yeah. But. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you just keep if you keep showing up, you know. Just keep yeah. keep showing up, keep trying new things or whatever. I don't know, but if you just don't quit, you know, eventually something happens, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and you're gonna get a lot of no's along the way. Like, don't let no's discourage you. I feel like, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I think you know everyone has a different tolerance for rejection. You know, for me, like with Tune Hatch, I'm I'm not going trying to get a gig or or doing what you guys are doing, but I'm like knocking on venue doors. Yeah, like literally in the middle of the day knocking on a door and trying to talk to somebody and doing like a door-to-door sale pitch or a little elevator pitch to get someone interested in whatever you're doing is like, could be the most, uh, you know, stressful thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you build a callus to it. You don't, you don't think about it. The more you do it, you're, you're just like, you're not thinking about it as much. But I remember the first, couple times i get in my car and go to a venue i'd have this like whole script in my head yeah yeah you know think about like every detail and 
now I just kind of knock on the door. I'm like, hey, is this is what I'm doing? Is this what you're doing? Can we do this thing together? (laughs) And if not, like, cool, I'll come back in six months and show you, you know, so it's just one of those things with repetition. Um, People get, you know, a little bit more familiar with the process of it. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you build your brand and your name, it's going to be a lot more familiarized to them and, you know, it builds trust in their eyes. So yeah. it just takes time. Now, now that we're starting this podcast, it's about to it's about to blow up. Yeah, exactly. The podcast can be fun. It will. Think, this will be fun. Yeah. yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the first one, and like, it's pretty been pretty flawless so far. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been good. good. A little like mid mid podcast review. Yeah. It's been going okay. Yeah. yeah. If you guys want to give yeah. us five? I don't stars. want to really toot my own horn too much. Well, but I'd yeah. say we're doing all right. The beginning's a little bit tricky. The beer know, tastes good. The beer's very good. Yeah, yeah. it helps once you. Finished three of them. Beers allowed at yeah. the Hatch Hatch for hatch. sure. Wait, is it Hatch House or House Show? Hatch, hatch House. Hatch House. Okay. Hatch House. I should know. Come on, that. Will, Go get ahead. it right. Yeah, man. Come sorry, on, this you is know, the first one. Well, I was. I Don't was. Fuck up the name of the first one. I was late because I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I want. So, like, Tune Hatch is is our website, is our company, but what I want Hatch House to be is like, I'd like it to be a place for a podcast. I like it to be a recording studio. I like it to be a place to like, you know, do video, photography, kind of like a creative space. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, we're starting the four of us with just the podcast portion of it. But at some point, I like it to branch out and be a couple more things. Oh, that's great. Cool. Yeah. Being able to, uh, yeah, just diversify in the space. I think it's great. Um, I'm interested to do more of these with, you know, some people in town. And, um, if you're out there listening and you want to be a part of the tune hatch podcast, let us know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea how many people are going to listen to the first one, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll all share it on our social medias. I mean, we'll put it out there, you know, like we'll put it on the, on the tube and see what I also, I call it the tune hatch podcast. It's the hatch house. It might be episode two. We might switch it to the tune hatch podcast. I like the sound of that. The same. More yeah, same. Yeah, I think Joe Rogan switched t- up his. Tune uh, Hatch could be like the big brand, and like Hatch House could be the you know podcast exactly. underneath the Tune House. Tune, yeah. Tune Hatch brand. You know? Yeah, S- the satellite group. Yeah. And I'm gonna be uh, relying on you guys to figure out who to bring on here. <laughs> yeah, well, you know? we'll, Will and I can like share co-hosting duties. And, For sure. And, Who's uh, the co-host tonight? I don't know. We're both. We just, talk- and I don't know. We're just kind of winging it tonight. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if we have. A, you're you're the host. Okay. And and we're just kind of we're just kind of. Having a conversation, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll figure I'll it be out. The, I'll be the co-host. Yeah, okay. Wow. All right, yeah. all right. Corey's the co-host tonight. Corey's the co-host. Yeah, Corey's, Corey's, Corey's set this whole thing us. up behind the scenes. <laughs> Corey's honestly like low key one of the <laughs> smartest people I know. Like he let, let's let's give the floor to Corey for a minute. We all kind of introduced wow. ourselves. Like that's yeah, Corey. Your, tell us yeah. about yourself. Yeah, you tell got, us about yourself. Um. Okay. Well, I'm Corey, as you know. Um, moved here same time Nathan did moved into the same apartment which is where we're at now Um, I do music I do production Um, yeah I used to be a geologist it was not fun (laughs) I was like living at oil rigs for extended amounts of time no like for real like three months at a time there is a time where like you know I was in Houston I was like hey you're going to come hang out and it, it, you missed there is a time where you missed thanksgiving 
yeah. Christmas and your birthday, yes. right? Oh, it was. That's yeah. brutal. Wow. And it, it was, was like October, I messaged you, and you're like, yeah, dude, I can be there next weekend. And then every <laughs> yeah, weekend, yeah. it was like, actually, dude, I'm going to miss Thanksgiving. And <laughs> Yeah, it was a thing where, like, you had to be there until they finished drilling. So, and then things would just break. And you'd be like, <laughs> I'm not going to make Christmas. This is not going to happen. You'd be like, oh, okay, I think they're almost done. I'm going to make it home. And then something breaks. It's like, okay, I'm forget it so would you get a good amount of time off then as well it it was just like sporadic like sometimes you'd come home and you'd be like hopefully like i'll get this week off and then you know the boss would call and be like hey uh can we uh, get you out there tomorrow and and it was like a 10-hour drive from where i was jeez i was like yeah yeah i guess i can do it i don't really have a good excuse right now so (laughs) it's brutal yeah it was it was rough but I did it for like three or four years, and then because it was it was supposed to be like a stepping stone thing right. to get to the next spot, which it is. And I mean, I, I could have I could have kept doing it, but I realized like what I really wanted to do, I wouldn't have been able to get to until I was like forty. Yeah, like it's, you just got to climb the ladder until you get to the the good stuff. So I think uh, this is probably as good as time as ever to. Why don't you set up your thing that we're, we're yeah you're, you're ready for the yeah segment? let's do it okay. let's do it we'll play it okay right. um, you gotta introduce the segment um, is, is, yeah does it have a, a name the segment so yeah this this next segment is uh, presented by Dean Yu <laughs> Dean Yu is a music producer here in town and uh, he does a lot of different I mean he does a lot of different things so let's just leave it at that <laughs> all right. Hope you like it. (laughs) (laughs) Corey's radio personality is great. (laughs) Wow. Did you make this, Corey? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Blainer, you're you're the next EDM artist. Oh, this is priceless. This is great. <laughs> this is what I need to make this song go viral. <laughs> oh, I love it. This is good. Sounds like something you hear from a rooftop of a Broadway bar. Yeah, dude. Midnight. <laughs> Gotta get this in the hands of the Valentine. Yeah. I haven't played on the rooftop. Yeah. <laughs> good this is great this is awesome yeah it reminds me of like what uh dan tajinski is that his last name the guy that uh, plays uh, for union station allison Krauss. yeah yeah well, he uh yeah he was the uh, the lead singer in the oh brother where art thou yeah 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 he did i that think one it's dan tajinski tajinski right? yeah. yeah he did that vici <clears throat> that was the uh segment by uh dean you yeah, let's give it. Let's give it around for, for good job, you. Corey. That was Way really go, good. Corey. Way to yeah, go, Corey. Way to go, Corey. Blaine's new single coming We're, out. So yeah, so so that that's all that was. That's all it was. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> surprise you with it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that was cool. That's that was funny. We could do that with every guest. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It would be cool to do like like yeah. for example like yeah, if we singer. if we have like yeah, yeah. if we have some guests on that like songwriter guests that wrote some hits back in the nineties, if you yeah, took yeah. like a nineties country song, like a real popular song that everybody uh-huh. knows, and did that, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it'd be yeah, great. Yeah. I think 
like Corey can remix anything and actually he does like really sh- kind of strange remixes where like <laughs> can, can you send that to me so i can send it to my co-writers yeah yeah they'd, they'd probably love to hear that it's yeah. pretty funny he'll like mix uh i don't know which one what was the weirder ones that you did you like looped two different artists together that did not go oh, together mashups yeah what what was it though you know what i'm talking john bon jovi and like um forget the band name it was it like was, uh, it was very strange it's very yeah, weird there's some there's good ones you guys hear that uh, bon jovi's getting a bar on broadway now oh is he really? mm-hmm. what's it gonna be called john bon jovi <sighs> maybe i don't know the name but it's uh yeah you know like the big place they're building like around merchants you know where merchants is in the corner of it's like yeah, right yeah, across yeah. whiskey row huh. in the corner of fourth and broadway um <clears throat> it's like an l-shaped bar it's like goes down the alley between merchants and nudies and then wraps around the other alley on fourth between merchants and losers Apparently it's going to be the Bon Jovi bar or whatever they're going to call it. But yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, it probably will do just as well as every other bar yeah, on yeah. Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, like so, I, I moved here uh, eight and a half years ago, and uh, Broadway has changed so much. I mean, when I first moved here, um, like AJ's Alan Jackson Bar, that oh. was uh, I think that place was called Full Moon or the Wheel, maybe it might have been the Wheel. And the place next to it was the full moon. Uh, um, Crossroads, which cr- closed down not too long ago, is now the new Hank Jr. bar. Mm. Uh, that just that just opened like a week ago, the Hank Jr. bar. Uh, like Luke Bryan's wasn't here. Aldine's wasn't here. Miranda's wasn't here. Old Red wasn't here. Kid Rock's wasn't here. Uh, I don't know if it was, was Acme here when we first moved here. I don't know if it was. It was, yeah. Was it when we, when we first moved? It was? Yeah, one of my first memories of moving to Nashville, my dad and I actually <clears throat> came down here together, and it was our first time ever here. And we were trying to figure out things to do, and we went to go get some breakfast in town, so we came downtown and just found a random coffee shop. And we're like, oh, let's go get a beer this afternoon. So we walked around Broadway, and then we stopped at Acme, and it was uh, the same day as the – University of Tennessee football game at Nissan Stadium was their oh, opening yeah. game. Yeah. So it was swamped. I mean, everyone had orange on, couldn't even yeah. move in there. I'm like, what is this place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it always this busy? But yeah, uh, yeah it was there. Hey, yeah. hey, did you uh did you make a remix of uh one of Will's songs or not? We just we, we just actually pick, we just did. picking on me today. No, we did, but we did. But now but now it's not funny but anymore. No, but Will, you know actually, it's <laughs> Will actually helped us with that one. That one's not like, funny. That one's serious. Yeah, that one's serious. <laughs> very serious very serious has it, has it ain't got the heart no um oh jeez. oh it's um it? wow uh, why am i blanking right now it's my own song um i'm sorry but it's not how this goes yeah this works um you say sorry but it's da, da, da. yeah i don't know why i'm blanking on my own song it's embarrassing come on come on dude <laughs> name that song your song version <laughs> um, um looking back <laughs> Come on, Corey, you did this too. <laughs> this is so bad. This is. Uh, Are we going to play oh, it or not? No. Yeah, let's play it. Let's play it. Well, yeah, t- let's turn the cameras on Will. <laughs> leaving you behind. Wow, that there took me forever. Is, yeah, leaving Will you behind. Act super surprised and be like, what the fuck? This is incredible. Well, it's a banger. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude. Yeah, for everybody listening out there, Corey is very talented at remixing songs. Yeah, so. he is. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Let's play it. Okay. Leaving you behind. That's what it's called. Dude. Leaving you behind. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. Which, which ex girlfriend was that for? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All of them. 
go to the second verse. You can't listen to the whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh. Sorry. It's alright. Probably good to put it in front of that condenser mic because you'll hear better. Let's just skip forward a little bit here. Damn, Corey. Where'd you find that? You remember New York and that old Love it. Like a, this is good. This is better than boot chopping. This is good. <laughs> this part's so cool. It's so wild to me to hear my own song remix. Yeah. This is good. Corey, yeah, you crushed it, man. Yeah, killed it. We should release that. We should release these, and then just have like a, a, a Hatch House or Tune Hatch uh, playlist on like all these DSPs. Yeah, and just yeah, have yeah, these yeah. these remixes. Yeah, on yeah. like in, like any song like featured on the podcast should be on the Tune Hatch like mm-hmm. like playlist on Spotify yeah. and Apple. We might need to work a little bit longer on Blaine's. That one, <laughs> that one was a. <laughs> it was good. I mean, I thought project. it was good. Yeah, it was good. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, you know, sometimes you hear a song and. Uh, you some people hear it one way where it's like a slow song. Corey hears it as like a party song every time. Like no joke. Like if you try and make a sad, sappy song with Corey, he'll just turn it into like an EDM song Love that. for you. So what's well, cool that yeah, you can take even you know slower songs and think, wow, we could really think out of the box with this, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Well, I love when artists do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're yeah, it's fun. I think the writing process like is really interesting just turning turning the conversation towards that um because like you kind of have to either intentionally be looking for someone with like a different vibe than you or trying to figure out if someone has the same vibe as you what do you guys typically look for when you're trying to find someone to write a song with you want to start you write a lot by yourself don't you yeah i mean for me it's i I like to write a lot more from personal experience. Obviously, you know, you want to be able to tell a story and, um, you know, I, I'm not very good at creating narratives where it's, you know, you're building out characters or coming with a kind of a, a different set of a story, I would say. But yeah, for me, I like to just tell it from, you know, the way I see it, my perspective. And, um, you know, recently I've been working on this project for a singing licensing company and they wanted a pop country record which is not something that I normally do, like, I, but it's been fun to be creative in that space and trying to think about like what are good ideas. And so I had my brother do this funny thing the other night where I just said, send me good pop country titles to songs. Oh, yeah. And so he just rattled off all these, like just a huge laundry list. And it, it's stuff that I can work off now where it's, you know, ideas that I'm not thinking at, you know, off the top of my head, but now I can yeah. look at his ideas and kind of go from there. Was that Jared or Chase? Chase. Is nice. that over? Yeah. Yeah. I got two brothers. Um, but yeah, no, that was cool, and and um, so I'm working on that right now, and should be done that by the end of the year. Uh, but I know for you, you do a lot of co-writing. Yeah, I do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I for me, I kind of uh, 
you, like, and I think it's probably true for you and everybody, but um, you kind of find who you mesh with, you know, right from writing, you know, like you either like kind of click and it works or it doesn't, you know. Yeah. Um, so I write a lot with like the same kind of people over and over again, um, like same few, you know, friends or whatever. But um, I, I've written a lot with, with uh, you know, our friend Jabe Burgess. Um, Jabe and I have written several songs together that, that I've recorded over the last few years. Um, and I write quite a bit with um, Jay Brunswick, who produces me, and uh, a couple of his friends, like Jason Blaine. He's a Canadian country artist. We've written a few songs together. And, um, yeah, like I've met some other songwriters through Jay Brunswick that I've, I've written with. Um, wrote Boot Shopping with a, a couple guys, um, Joe Leathers over at Curb and, uh, and Nick Columbia. I think Nick's signed with, uh, I think, Reservoir. Is it? I think Reservoir is the publishing company, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of like, you kind if you if you're writing with somebody for the first time, you 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 know you kind of get to know the person, you know, you kind of see if you guys vibe, and then uh, you write whatever and see how it goes, and then if it's if it's you know good, then maybe you want to write again, and if not, you know, I feel like everybody's like that. I feel like everybody finds their core group of guys that they like to work with or girls, you know, and write with and just stick with that, but. I don't know. I've actually I've heard stories of like uh like Craig Wiseman, who's like a really big name songwriter in Nashville. He's written gobs and gobs of hits. He's like part owner of the big loud label, you know, like oh, which cool. is one of the top labels yeah. in town now with Morgan Wallen and Hardy and Ernest and all of them. But um but Craig, um I mean he's written some monsters. Like he he was big in the nineties and he's still big today. And I heard that he he will like he will spend several months writing with a bunch of new people that he's never written be- with before, like just testing it out. He'll have his publishers or whatever. He'll, he is kind of the publisher, I guess, but like he'll get booked with all these like new writers that he's never worked with. And he'll just kind of cast a wide web and like write with all his people and maybe for like six months. And then out of that, all those people, he'll narrow it down to like a handful that he like mm-hmm. really vibed with, I think. And then he'll just write with only those people for like the next year or two. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, like, yeah, interesting how, how when, he you, does it. when you guys are looking for someone to write with, are you looking for somebody that has like a very different thought pattern as you, or are you looking for someone that you vibe with? Because you know both what I, maybe. What I've maybe, learned, maybe what both. I've learned from just like working on Tunage and just working on things in general is like, I personally I believe that you get the best work. Like the best result it comes from when two people see things completely differently mm-hmm. and you're forced to come up with a solution between the two of you. But when you're writing a song, if you're sitting there and you don't see eye to eye with someone, yeah, that could be super awkward, right? Totally. So how much of that are you looking for, that kind of healthy tension versus just looking for like a, a good time? Good hang. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, part of it is everyone has a goal in mind that you do want, at the end of the day, you want to write something that's meaningful or or sounds good or it's catchy, but, um, you know, not every writing session is going to, you know, birth something magnificent. And I've, I've been in plenty of rooms with people where, you know, the vibe is not great, but then we come up with a really cool song. Um, and I've been in rooms where like the vibe is good and we're not as productive maybe. So it's like, it's hit or miss. Um, I think, uh, one thing I love about co-writing too is you, you should be in the room with this, you know, with somebody that knows when it's time to stop an idea. 
you know, huh. like someone's not afraid to speak up, be like, I don't think this is really yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and move on to the next thing. Cause you know, I've written with, with people where it's like you're two hours in and you're still working on a verse to this song that right. no one loves. And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's hard in that way. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I like to write with producers too. I like people that can build the track while mm-hmm. you're, while you're, you know, writing, yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing I was going to talk about too. Is that one of the cool things about co-writing is that you can work with people that everybody has like a little bit different strength. They're like they bring something different to the table, right? Like you can. It's common now to work with a track guy, right? Like a producer, or a track guy who's building the track while you're while you're writing, and that's maybe like his or her more of their focus is building the track, and mm-hmm. the other people in the room are focused more on the lyrics and melody or whatever. Mm. Um, but it's like you might like. Like if, if the three of us were gonna write a song, right? Like Let's you, do it. Like you, yeah, we should. But but you you might you might be the idea guy, right? Like you might come up with the idea and say, hey, like I had this this title or this idea, and this is kind of my thought about like how to write this idea, and then and then I might come up with a chord progression. I mean, like, hey, that's kind of cool. Like here's a chord progression, here's a melody to go along with that, and and Will might be more the lyric guy, and he might kind of you know, wow. or he might come up with a melody and. Lyrics, you know, but we all like everybody kind of puts their part into it, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, which is kind of cool, you know. It just depends on, you know, and I guess every every co-write would be different, but but uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool thing when you do kind of vibe with people like that. It's kind of like dating. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like trying to find yeah. someone that you you get yeah. along with. Have some for kind for of me, it has to be people that stylistically are similar, right? Like like. If I try to write a song with somebody that's really pop, I mean, because well, for me also, it's like I I try to write songs. I, I I still I'm not like I'm not purely a songwriter. Like I'm I'm an artist as well, and I'm usually trying to write songs that would be something I would record. It's not always something I would record. Sometimes we get done with it, and it's like, oh, this fits you better. This fits you better, but. I, oh, I, so I, you I, you I, might go into it. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but you might go into like a songwriting thing and. Halfway through, you're like, "Oh, this suits the other person that's right yeah, more for sure." Oh, and then, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for oh. sure. Yeah. yeah. Even but, though, but, even though that you went into it thinking like I'm writing a song for yeah, you just never know. But but oh. like, but at the same time, I I don't try to like specifically write songs for like like I would never show up and be like, "Hey, let's write a Sam Hunt song," like for Sam Hunt. It's like I don't do that. There's people that do that, and that's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But I, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to write something I like and that I that I would. I would see myself singing or, or whatever, you know. Oh, some people go into the the right trying train. to write for somebody else, you know. Uh, okay. Or even, even if you're like like if I write with if I wrote with my producer Jay Brunswick and and other songwriters that write that day would be for me, like because like they're like they're like I'm the artist in that room, so they're all trying to get a cut, so they're trying to write what I want to write. They're trying we're we're trying to, everybody in that room that day is trying to write a song that I'm going to record. Gotcha. Okay. Is, it, that's the point. Yeah. Right? And it helps a lot at the beginning to really be transparent about that. Right. So if I'm writing for a project and I'm going to a co-write, I just let everyone know, "Hey, the reason I want to bring you guys together is cuz I'm working on a project and I'd like to write something for that and I want you guys involved." Mm. Um where it gets kind of hairy sometimes if it, you don't really are, are as transparent and yeah. then someone else in the room is an artist as well and they're like, "Well, I like this song." And it's like, "Okay, yeah. then you have to really like talk about it." Yeah. Uh, what I do like about Nashville, though, is that I haven't run into a, a situation where, you know, somebody th- feels like they deserved more of a split than anybody else. I mm-hmm. think 
I was told from you know early on that if they're in the room, then they changed yeah. they changed the the history of the song. So they yeah, they deserve like, the equal if, yeah, cut. They, like yeah, that's a good point to bring up. So if the four of us right here wrote yeah. a song, when, okay, when the four of us write yeah, a song. when the four when, of us write yeah. a song, right? <laughs> uh, you know, Corey could have the the title in in several lines. Will could come up with the melody in several lines. You could come up with a guitar riff, whatever. I could sit here and drink beer and do nothing. I still get my twenty five percent. Yeah, and that you think yeah. is fair. Yeah. If you're in the room, you're like, it doesn't matter what, like, I, I've heard stories of people that literally get done with a song and then they count the words in the song and, yeah, oh, yeah. I had that word, you had this word, and then they, like, do the percentages. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like, the guy, no, everybody yeah. in the room, like, because here's the thing. If I wasn't here, the song wouldn't be the same song. Right. Like, I, I, there's somehow, like, I may have said something that we didn't end up using, but it made Corey think of something. And then that right, line that he right, came out right, with was right. what we ended up using. Right. right. Totally. So because wow. if I wasn't here, the song wouldn't be the same. Gotcha. So it doesn't matter. Like you don't because you don't want to get into the weeds on that stuff. Like you like you're every everybody should be in the room to write the best song you can write together. Make the song the best thing it could possibly be. So don't fight over. Oh, I think it should be. And oh, I don't think it should be. Or, you know, it's like, you know, what I mean, it's like that's stupid. You know, like everybody contribute to make the song as best as it can be. And then everybody gets an equal percentage. Yeah, four person on a, on a right, twenty five percent. That makes sense. Yeah. It's almost like in sports where like you win a championship, everyone gets a ring. It's not like the, you know, everyone in the organization gets a ring. Yeah, you right. Know, like even if you didn't yeah. play in the finals, like you still contributed right. to the team, right? Yeah. But there are some people though that get the credit for. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, for songs they didn't time. really write. Yeah, well, it's like if no, some, no. I was gonna oh, actually oh. say there are some people that get get the credit like. LeBron is going to be oh. the person that, oh, yeah. that won, yeah. you know, right. yeah. Yeah. versus like they're not going to be thinking about. Right. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, it's true. But I mean, well, and, and here's another thing, too, with songwriting. Like if if uh, if I was to write a song with a really big, well-known song, like if I was to write a song with Craig Wiseman, Craig Wiseman is like one of the biggest writers in town. Right. Written a ton of hits. If I, I could bring the idea, I could write 90 percent of the song. And it could be a, a great song. We turn it in, and like everybody that listens to it, they see Craig's name on it. They're going to assume it was mostly him, right? Because he's right, got the name right, recognition, right, right. right? He's got the street credit, which is fine. Like, but that's kind of like the way it goes until until like until Blaine Holcomb like makes a name for himself. Until I like have some street credit, till I get a hit, or till you know, yeah. then people are just going to assume that oh, Craig Craig wrote that song. You know, gotcha. Blaine probably got gotcha. poured his coffee. Yeah. You know, yeah, that happens a lot too, and and there are cases. As well, where and I don't, you know, I've never seen this firsthand, but you know, Blaine, you might be able to speak to this a little bit better. But I think there are moments too where a big name gets on a song, and you know, four artists wrote it for them, but they tweaked it one word or something later on, and then they get to put their name in the songwriting credits. You know, the artist, you know, the artist. Yeah, does, yeah, well, that's a common thing now too. Um, and songwriters, I think, kind of welcome it because it's so competitive to try to get a cut. You know, sure. so it's like, yeah. as a songwriter, if you're you know, like strictly a songwriter and you're trying to get cuts, like sometimes you'll get on an idea that you're like, oh, this is really good and this this fits, you know, Kenny Chesney or something. Or this and if, if you have a contact either through your publisher or through a friend or maybe you know Chesney or whatever, and you can you can get that song to him. Like they'll I I've heard stories where guys will specifically not finish a song. Like they'll they'll leave out a verse so that they can send, you know, half a song to Chesney or somebody like that. And then, and, and then bring Chesney in on it, and then he he writes the rest of it with him, and then that makes all the difference because he cuts it now. Yeah, you know because like otherwise that song might never get cut. 
you know yeah. it's it's like it, like songwriting like the town is so clicky i feel like like music row and like it's so political it's so clicky it's like everybody has their little like if you look up a if you look at you know a jason aldean album and you go through the songwriters on every song you'll see a lot of the same names right right? it's all the same guys writing those songs you know and if you look at a brad paisley record it's the same thing or a tim mcgraw record or whatever like it's a lot of the same guys so it's like everybody has their little click and Mm. it's hard to get in there it's like hard to get outside songs cut if you're not part of the gang, if you're not part of the cool kids gang, if you're yeah. not in that publishing company or part of that record label, it's hard. No matter how good your song is, it's hard to get your song cut. So if you write the song with an art with the artist or with that artist producer, you just upped your chances big time. Yeah, getting your song cut. Oh yeah, totally. You know, that's a great tip. That's 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 how it works a lot today. Huh. Yeah, yeah. And- I mean, co-writing is such a it's such a cool thing. I didn't know co-writing existed until I moved here. I thought that an artist put out a song, they wrote that. I was so romantic about music. Like I thought it was like, you hear your favorite song on the radio, that artist wrote it. Mm-hmm. That's I, my whole life. That's what I I knew, and that's what I believed. And that's then I moved like here, and never it's, the case, right? Yeah, well, I mean, still some, but not not some, that often. But like ninety yeah. I mean, percent of the time, looked, it's not. Like I was playing it. Well, outside of country, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. But I feel like country yeah. is pretty well known to be a co-writing space. Yeah, and, I mean, it, but not always. But like I think more so today for sure. Like yeah. it's very rare today to see a solo. You know, but like back in the day, like back years ago, like for example, this, this morning I was playing at Whiskey Row. We played a couple like deep cuts, like uh, Toby Keith stuff. And uh, Toby Keith, by the way, is a badass. I mean, that guy is a phenomenal songwriter. Like his biggest song, maybe one of his biggest songs, like, arguably should have been a cowboy. Like it was one of the biggest songs of the '90s. He wrote that by himself. Yeah, and, and like cool, and like we played a, a song of his today that's like a deep cut. Um, it's called "Who's That Man." A really killer song. I think it was a hit for him back, I think in the '90s, but. I could be wrong. We might need to Google this, Corey, but um, I think I think that was a solo right. Like Toby's written some of his biggest songs by himself, and a lot of his biggest songs he wrote with just Scotty Emmerich. Who mm. like him and Scotty Emmerich wrote like uh, "I Love This Bar" mm. and a bunch of those. Like well, so, there there wasn't like nine songwriters on those songs. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like Chris Christopherson, he wrote a lot by himself too. Oh yeah, and, yeah I mean Sunday morning coming down. John Prine, yeah, those guys like that, the classic yeah. guys. Yeah, Willie, Willie Nelson did a and, bunch yeah, by himself. Yeah, Waylon and those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like country music; it's kind of a standard co-work, like co co-writing with people. T- today's but like, today's country is very much whereas, like, if you think about like hip hop and rap, a lot of times it's it's like kind of taboo to have like people contribute. It's got to be like your own. Like I think Drake got in some hot water sometimes for having ghost writers. ghost writers or, you know, that kind of thing where, where it's just normal in country. But I I think overall in music, I think everybody now is starting to do some sort of co-writing. I don't know if any of these ideas are totally somebody's yeah. thought. What what about uh, Jason Isbell? Is he still writing all his own stuff by himself? Yeah, he does yeah. a lot of his. Have you watched the documentary? Not yet. No. Um, he's got a documentary out that's really, really cool. He basically writes them, and then he has like, and you know, I'm not in the room with him, so I don't really know how it goes. But it, it seems like his wife does some editing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll write a song and he'll show it to his wife, and then they kind of talk about the strengths and the weaknesses, and then he goes back and re-edits. But I think he's one of those guys that's that does a lot by himself. Zach Bryan does a lot by himself. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey, did you find a 
The Toby Keith song? Was it I Should Have Been a Cowboy? Dude. No, no, I, th- I know that was yeah. by himself. It was, uh, it was uh, Who's That Man? I don't feel bad taking the last No, one. no, I got more in the fridge. I'm going to go get a couple more beers. Cool. This is fun. We can, we can keep rolling yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. It's for like... Yeah. I, I, knew that, I knew this was going to go for a while, so... Well, how long are we at right now, Corey? Um, how long we have we been going? One, one hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Should we, should we plan on two? Ra- try to wrap it up at sure. two? Two hours? Can I grab my phone yeah. real quick? Yeah. Dude. We'll stop when we run out of beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so who's that man, Toby Keith? Okay, uh, I can I can Google go. it too, but songwriters. It just says Toby Keith on songwriters. So. Does it? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, I think yeah, I think who's that man? Um, was just Toby. Producers Nelson Larkin and Harry. Yeah, it's just Toby. Yeah, if you sometimes like if you Google the lyrics, like the the. The first lyrics to pop up on Google. If you scroll to the bottom, it, oh. it usually says songwriters, and it's usually accurate. Yeah, it's just just Toby. So like, yeah, I mean Toby Keith is is really he's he's great. Apparently, he's got a new album coming out. That is yeah, 100% I think so. By him, what's that? It says one hundred percent songwriter. Pro- probably, yeah, so, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean yeah. To- Toby. I mean, I think most yeah. people that follow country music probably know, but thirteen um, song collection you, compilation of songs that he wrote by himself. Oh, cool! That's awesome. I, I I can't wait to hear that. But yeah, Toby's been uh he's been battling cancer for the last like couple really? of years. No, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, oh, I guess you had mentioned that. He had, I think he had uh, stomach cancer. I oh think. wow! But he's been, I think he's doing well now. I think he's, I think Good he's spot. uh either in remission or cancer free or whatever. Thank you. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, yeah, he's got a song. Uh, that, let's look this up real quick. Um. I think it's called Don't Let the Old Man In. I think Toby wrote that one, too. It's a killer song. Don't Let the Old Man In. Yeah, it's like a song about getting older, you know, and like just like yeah. it's called Don't Let the Old Man In. It's so good. It sounds it's like something the, Chris Christopherson would have written, you know? Yeah, and it's cool how some country artists, you know, once you get older in age, they start writing those kind of theme songs, like yeah, and Chair by George Jones. Which he didn't write that, by the way. He he didn't write a lot of his own songs. No, right? he didn't. Yeah, right. He's 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 one of those guys. Like George Jones is one of those artists that was just so good at so good at like delivering a song, like like singing it and making you believe it, like making you feel that pain or whatever, you know. Like, um, but he didn't write a lot of those. He just made them his own and was able to sing them that way. Um, and George Strait's another one. George Strait didn't write very many of his hits, you know. Um, but Rock and is a funny one. Uh, or a cool a cool reference because uh that song was written by Kerry Kurt Phillips um who who I I know Kerry Kurt I met him through my friend Mark Allen Springer I actually wrote a song with Kerry Kurt and Mark that was on my first album that I put out Oh really? Years ago. Wow. Yeah. But Kerry Kurt's written a bunch of big hits. He wrote some uh some of the early like Joe Diffie songs and stuff. Uh Pickup Man, like that's a real popular song. There's oh. some of the women like about a pickup man. Oh yeah. Um but anyway, uh Kerry Kurt wrote uh, I don't need your rocking chair, the George Jones song, and and they wrote that specifically for George Jones. You can tell in the lyrics, it's like it's written for him. And Carrie Kurt told me he's like, that's the only time in my career I ever tried to do that. He's like, I never went in to a writer's room trying to write a song specifically for some artist. Like I always just wrote whatever idea we settled on that day. We tried to write it the best we could, and then after it was done, we tried to find a home for it. We would, we would say, okay, this song would probably be good to pitch to this yeah. artist or that artist, whatever. And that's how they did it, right? 
um, which I think is probably the best way to do it. But he goes, I tried it one time. And he goes, I went one for one. Like I, I <laughs> specifically wrote, I don't need your rocking chair for George Jones. And it worked. He cut the, he cut the song, you know? That's awesome. But yeah. Good classic yeah. country song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't let the old man in was by Toby Keith mm. by himself. Yeah. Yeah. To- I'm telling you, Toby's a badass man. He's, he's the real deal. Mm. Toby Keith is the real deal. That's awesome. I'll tell you one of my favorite, this is probably my favorite Toby Keith story. I've always been a Toby Keith fan, um, but like when when Toby Keith to me became like, all right, this guy's really the real deal. Um, I heard uh, it was an interview, and I think I think it was I think it might have been Merle Haggard that was telling the story, um, it, or it might have been Toby, one or the other. Maybe it was the two of them together. But it was it was later in Merle Haggard's career. And Merle Haggard, I, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time in country music. I mean, I would put him up there with a Bob Dylan or with anybody mm-hmm. as a singer-songwriter. He's phenomenal. But um, but anyway, it was towards the, later in, in Merle's career, later in his life, and he was having some health issues and stuff, and he was still touring and playing concerts. But you know, he was having a hard time getting through some of the shows. I think he had some breathing problems, so it was kind of hard for him to sing. Mm-hmm. And uh, And Toby was at one of his concerts, and they were hanging out backstage before the show. And Merle wasn't feeling very good. And, and uh, he was a little bit worried about, you know, if he could get through the show or not or whatever. And and uh, so Toby just kind of offered and he said, hey, man, you know, it's up to you. Like, I'm not trying to invite myself on stage or anything. But, like, if you if you want, I'd be happy to come out, you know, and help you with some songs. You know, and, and Merle said, man, he goes, that would be great. You know, that would really help a lot, you know. Mm. And, and Merle said to Toby, he said, uh, how many of my songs do you know? And Toby said, all of them. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. I was like, yeah, Toby Keith's a badass. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Did like, he end up going out there? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, he played the whole show with Merle. And yeah. yeah oh, that's helped, awesome. Yeah. They sang together. And yeah. Isn't there a yeah. uh, an artist on, on Broadway that bets the crowd that he knows every Merle Haggard song? Or was oh, it yeah. that or Waylon? I, you know, no, it's Merle. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, so a bass player that I used to play with when I played at Tootsie's, uh, Jeb, yeah, Je- Jeb Shelton uh, told me that he, he knows this guy. I don't know who it is, but he told me the story that or there, there used to be a guy. I don't know if he plays on Broadway anymore, but there's a guy that played downtown that because you know it's pretty standard on Broadway. You get twenty dollar requests. You like, yeah. you know, say like, hey, twenty bucks to play whatever song. You know, um, there's a guy that used to tell people that if you can name a Merle Haggard song and I can't play it, then I'll pay you twenty dollars. But if I can play it, you have to pay me $20. And nobody could. Like, he knew right. every, every I mean, I'm, we're talking hundreds of Merle Haggard songs. And he knew them all. Yeah. No, and pe- people would like probably look him up and try to stump him. And, like, he knew every single one. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when is the, uh, when's the next Toon Hat show? We kind of stopped doing the pop-up shows. Okay. Unless you have an idea. <laughs> I always got ideas. You know, I, I like doing these um, here. I like doing stuff in, in, in the apartment. Um, it's yeah. a nice space for it. Um, I'd be totally down to do another one, invite some people over and just have people. Because I feel like every time we've done it, it's 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 produced like this really nice feeling. Yeah. And a lot of people like to come by and it's not too loud. My neighbors don't hate it. Um, actually I think we bake them cookies usually leave them outside Did you, the door. Yeah, that's smart. Um, you invite yeah. them over too. You invite your neighbors to, yeah, we leave a little note. Yeah. They haven't come over yet, but yeah. maybe this next one. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, show them the remix of a uh, boot shop. And they'll come oh, out. yeah, <laughs> that might get too loud, though. That might get too loud. Maybe we just do a DJ, so yeah, yeah, DJ yeah, set, DNU, yeah. yeah, just just Will and Blaine songs, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard you did a DJ set. What's it? Two oh, weekends yeah, yeah, ago? Yeah. Tell us about that with yeah, the uh, Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was, um, it was for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they had like this super nice Airbnb that they rented out, and there was like they had like pickleball and you know, like all sorts of stuff set up. Full bar with bartenders. It was it, for the it, t- was, it was for the team. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Team, it was, it was yeah. here in Nashville, right? It was here. Did in you Nashville. know any? Did you know any players? Did you look no, it up no, ahead of time? I, I don't watch hockey at all. So I did you look it up ahead of time though? At least like who the start? No, I thought I was like you know I'm gonna research these guys and like like really deep dive and figure out like what their favorite songs are and stuff. But I never did. So, <laughs> but it was fun. It was uh, I just played you know the normal stuff and nice they had fun there was like a bunch of swedish guys and they were like yeah, yeah. can you play this swedish song and i was like <laughs> yeah just tell me what it's called I'll play it how did you yeah. land that gig is that so cool that you got to like hang out yeah, with the toronto maple leafs just like i feel like typical nashville thing where you just like know someone and they're like hey I'm, i need a dj and so really yeah actually it was a guy down the down the hall that was putting it on really and so yeah yeah huh. Yeah, Corey gets uh, looped into a lot of very random music yeah. things. Yeah. What was the uh, what was the hockey party vibes like? Were they all well, getting so crazy? I would like set up this whole playlist thinking <laughs> it was going to be like you know banger dance songs, like because they're pretty young. Yeah. Probably trying to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was playing stuff, and then like some of them came up and they're like, "Hey, can you play more country stuff?" I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Yeah, they're like, we're in Nashville. We want to have country music. Yeah, yeah true. So, yeah. But also, like, that's a fair thought, though. Like, Toronto Maple Leafs, like, how would you know if that, what kind of genre yeah. of music? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's, it's not, well, it's, it's also like they're, they're not all, like, they're not from Toronto, right? They're from all over the world. Like, sure, there's, yeah. there's Russians on the team, there's yeah, you know, Swedish exactly. guys on the team, yeah. Europeans, there's, you know, Canadians, yeah, Americans, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, you got to just pick, yeah. like, top 50 songs. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but one guy was like, can you play Dick Down in Dallas? <laughs> and I was like, that's not like, like, you, you're, you're like, you're in like, the country. That's a hundred dollar song, man. That's what I say on Broadway. That's a hundred dollar song. But I think they're probably like kind of blue collar. Guys, yeah, a lot of them. yeah, yeah. So. Maybe from the Midwest or from like like Western uh, Western Canadian kids. Yeah. You, know? Yeah. you know hockey. I know, know hockey pretty well. Yeah, you know the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. You know. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I. Can you name all the players? No, I, I just mean, assume not they're like the Yankees of the hockey, but I, I don't. No, no, I mean, no. I mean, they're, they're. I guess they're, Boston. They're a good team. Them. Yeah, the Bruins are pretty good too. Yeah, Maple Leafs have, have been pretty good for the last few years. Um, they haven't. Uh, they haven't won a cup in a long time, mm. but they've been. They've been pretty good for the last few years. They've been trying to make a run at it, but hasn't Tampa Bay been really good? Yeah, Tampa Bay's been good. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the hockey segment of the podcast. Yeah, this is, this <laughs> yeah welcome so, to so the. So I took, so I took, uh, I took Nathan. I did not know this until we got there. But I took Nathan to his first ever, not just NHL game, not just Preds game, his first ever hockey game ever. Ever. Never no. stepped into a hockey arena in never, his life. Never. <laughs> no, that's not true. Because I think in Dubai. You went to a hockey game. How? What, in the I, desert? <laughs> in the desert? <laughs> they make they ice over there? The Dubai Storms. Uh, no. Called. Yeah, it wasn't NHL, obviously, but they yeah, had right. a hockey team. But they, they, they did? So, yeah. so all right, so maybe you're second. No, 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 I never I went to I that. went. I'm pretty sure you were there. <laughs> no, I, I was not there. No, no, this okay. is my first okay. hockey game. And we went with uh, Will, Rain, and yeah, and Blaine. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Sabres fan, so, you know, it's, I get What Sabres? Buffalo Sabres. Sabres? 
Sabres. 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 That's an office reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about hockey. Yeah. I mean, just watching the game is hard to figure out where the puck was sometimes. Like, I explained the rules to you pretty you good. Did. You did. Yeah, I know uh, icing again. now. Icing I know icing offsides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, penalty box yeah. substitutions. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan That's didn't good. know that uh, the players like change shifts every like thirty to forty-five yeah, seconds. I mean, and, usually and, until until he started paying attention, he's like, "Oh yeah, look, they're hopping over the boards." In every other sport, <laughs> it's like during a timeout or stoppage that you yeah. you go yeah. in hockey, you just fucking run out there. Yeah, it's changed on well, the fly, man. It's yeah, funny it's with like NHL video games. You know, you're playing with a star player the whole time, so it's it. It makes you think. Yeah, they that, never get tired in the video games. Yeah, yeah. No. NHL Unreal hits. Stamina. So it's a great game. Yeah. Unless you watch the, <laughs> unless you watch the real sport, you know. I yeah. feel like so many people don't realize that. I didn't really realize that yeah. either. Well, I mean, I grew up playing hockey, so I played hockey from the time I was like six years That's old. That's not a game I'm looking to ever play <laughs> these days. Skating yeah. and getting hit that seems like the worst, <laughs> the worst sport as you get older. Like, yeah. 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 That's gotta yeah. be. That's gotta be one of the hardest sports out there. Hockey. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, you're on fast as you're on fucking ice. Yeah, yeah. You're like yeah. These little tiny blades. No, around. I'm not. I'm like, not saying yeah. no. Well, yeah, I'm just I, like, yeah. I agree with you. The way I think about, I think, you know, there's sports that are, I would say, not that limiting on your body. You know, like golf. You know, golf. I think is still a very hard sport, but it's not it's hard mentally. I think. Yeah. Not yeah, mentally, definitely mentally. Like, yeah, I think the the I well I would yeah I would love to be a PGA golfer. That would be the life. Yeah. If I could do it all over again, yeah, that would be really cool to be on the PGA Tour. I love golf. But also, um, uh, speaking of, like, different, like, sports, whatever, like, being a kicker for a football team would be a pretty sweet game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't you know. Never have to you get know, hit. I got a buddy yeah. that uh, he was a kicker for Texas, and uh, it seems stressful. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, well, you yeah, don't I mean like you're either the, you're either the hero or the goat. Yeah, right? yeah. So there's definitely high pressure. Like you know, you sit in the sidelines all game long, and then you got to go in, in the last two seconds and try to kick a field goal to win the game or lose yeah. the game. Yeah. But like, hey, I mean, if you're in the if you're in the NFL and you're on a good team and you're a good kicker or whatever, like you're making good money. Sure. And, yeah. You know, you're not getting your brains bashed in on the you know on the line on the line of scrimmage every play. You know, like you're just sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, I take I take that job. I take that job if. If people would let me do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be sweet. People would be so pissed if they let me do that job, though. I saw an argument recently on, on TikTok, I think. it was Someone was talking about how they believe that kickers should be eliminated from football. Why? Because it's, it's like, so heartbreaking when a game's lost by somebody that, you know, like you mentioned, like, yeah. hasn't played the entire game, walks out for 30 seconds, kicks a game-winning field goal, and then everyone gets to walk home. It's like, just eliminate the kick. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of agree. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's good. It builds character. It also is exciting too. Yeah. It's like that, that, you know, last second shot or whatever, yeah. but it's um, good. They get over it. I don't watch enough sports. They, to really they care, still get so. paid the same. So they get <laughs> over yeah, it. Maybe we'll start a sports podcast. One of these days. <laughs> yeah. Not going to be me. You could be a guest. If it was like an NHL, yeah, I can podcast. do hockey pretty well. I, I know. I know a lot about the NHL, but I, I don't know a lot about I can other do, sports. I can do basketball. Yeah. Can you do, you know, anything? Yeah, dude, I could do all sports. I could do sports. You do sports? <laughs> yeah. Could. Sounds so, like you could. It's called Sports Podcast. I, I mean, yeah. not to your say host, I don't, I'm not interested in I do like watching sports, but. What are I our just, sponsors? 
Will was rattling off a few earlier before we went on the air. I don't think we have yeah, sponsors. Welcome to the Hatch House we Podcast. Tune Hatch is the sponsor of Hatch yeah, House. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We don't have any yet, but we're going to This get episode some. is brought to you by. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no sponsors yet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to do this again, though. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. We should. This is like the first Wednesdays, Fridays. Yeah. We should do this. Yeah. For real. Yeah. yeah. This is the first of, of many. We're going to have a lot of our friends on here. Go ahead, Corey. Are you going to do the, the segment? We, yeah, we you should do it. The, we have another segment, right? You want to do it or not? Come on. Yeah, we can do one more segment. <laughs> yeah, why not? Because we can always edit it. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. So this is just me answering these questions? Yeah. We'll see how this goes. This one hasn't been really that well planned out. All right, Blainer. Um, see what you know. This next segment is called 14 Facts, Okay. sponsored by no one. Because we don't have any sponsors. Um, but the way it works is I'm going to name two names. Okay. You have 30 seconds-ish. All right. Um, you're going to name a fact about each person that is brought up. Okay. Oh, wow. And you want to go as fast as you can. Okay. So I'm going to name two people at once. You name a fact about each one and just try and go fast. Yeah. Corey, you got the, <laughs> you got the clock? <clears throat> clock for what? You're timing me? And some actually, there's. I'm looking over the list now, and there's uh, 13 names in one place. So one place. Yes. So one wait. Place. So as many facts about the place. Just, as many, many facts. facts. And if you name the wrong fact, you got it wrong. So if it's like Tom Hanks, and you're like, "Oh, Tom Hanks is in Friends," it's like, no, yeah. you should have just said he's an actor. You oh, know. Okay. You you see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Okay. okay let's try it. All right. Uh, 14 facts sponsored by no one. Uh, featuring Blaine Holcomb. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Corey, you got the clock on? Yeah, or he's I'm ready. About to start. How long do I have? You have 30 seconds ish. For each, each. No, no, no. You got to go fast. Oh, wow. Quick. All right, okay. ready? Three, two, one. John C. Riley, John C. Billups. Step Brothers, John C. Riley, right? Step yeah. Brothers. I have no idea the okay. other guy. Mila Kunis, uh, Mykonos. She- Mykonos is an island in Greece, and Mila Kunis <laughs> is Greek, I think, and she's also in a bunch of you movies. Said Greek, that's it. Okay. Ryan O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly is an NHL hockey player, uh, plays <laughs> currently for the uh, <laughs> you know. National Predators. <laughs> Who's it? Bill O'Reilly? Yeah. Uh, Fox News guy. Yeah. Rhonda Rousey, Rory McElroy. Uh, Rory, <laughs> Rory, Rory McElroy is a PGA golfer. Okay. Uh, who's the other name? Rhonda Rousey. No idea. Oh, come on. Cody Johnson. Cody Johnson's one of Zach the best country music Cody. player, uh, country, country music artists in uh, in, in the world. Zach and Cody. <laughs> yeah. Zach and Cody. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Think about Patsy it. Patsy Klein, Calvin. Klein. Patsy Klein, uh, crazy. Uh, um, she's got you. A uh, bunch of uh, yeah, uh, classic country. Calvin Klein. Uh, cloth, men's clothing store. Nice. Yeah. Jeff Bagwell. <laughs> Jeff Bagwell. Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. <laughs> Is Calvin Harris an NFL player? Uh, that's that's your choice. Yeah, I okay. don't know. Yeah. Jeff Bagwell. No idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> so it. let's run this back. That's how, how did I do? You. It's a minute thirteen. So yeah, we need we need more so time. I think, I think thirty seconds is way too. Seconds. It's too short. It's for one minute. Yeah. And how many questions was that? It's fourteen. Yeah, we need so at least let's a minute. Tally it up, okay? We'll tally it up. Keep your fingers open. I got John C. Riley. John C. Riley. John C. Billups is actually who the John hell is C. that? John C. Billups is a basketball player. <laughs> basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. No John. clue. Yeah. Okay, so one there. You still got one. 
Yeah. Uh, Mila Kunis, you got. I got one. her. Yeah. Oh no, you said she was Greek. She's Greek. Do we know that? No, that that's up. a Corey sure question. She's Greek. No, Mila Kunis is like. We don't know that I for sure yet. Well, I mean, I could have said she's on that '70s show and like all these movies. Yeah, that's but you—that's what you should have done, dude. That's the game. Well, no, but you said Mykonos. Like I was relating yeah, that to yeah. her. It's not. Well, we need to see Greek. if she's Greek. Well, she is Greek, dude. No, she's not Greek. Oh, I'm about to find out. <laughs> yes, she is. No, I don't think she is. I think she's like. I actually think she's Russian. She's um. <laughs> she's Russian. You said she was Greek. Greek. She is born in Ukraine. Ukraine. Oh, no. close okay. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just not at all, but yeah. Mykonos, you got Mykonos. Is Mykonos an island? Yeah, off, off, off yeah, Greece. Yeah, island, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. so then you're you got two so far. Ryan O'Reilly, you got Bill O'Reilly, you got yeah. Rory McIlroy, McIlroy, yeah, McIlroy. <laughs> Ronda Rousey's a UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't know that. Cody She's like Johnson, the best. You got that. Zach and Cody, I think, is like a Disney show. It's a Disney show. Yeah, yes. okay. didn't know that. Patsy Klein and Calvin yeah. Klein, you got yeah. Calvin Harris, you got Jeff Bagwell. No, I didn't get Calvin Harris. Oh, yeah. I said he was an NFL player. What is no, he? he's a he's a like an EDM yeah. artist. Oh yeah, yeah. never oh. would have got that. Yeah. And then Jeff Bagwell is a, a never heard baseball player. Yeah. Played for the Astros. Astros. Don't know. Him. Yeah. All right, so you you got eight. Eight out of fourteen. Yeah. It's more than fifty percent. I'll take it. That's pass. Okay. All right, so, let's, so do far, we'll, we'll, let's do it. Will let's do it. I don't have fourteen <laughs> questions. Do I it off the cuff. Do it off the cuff. Oh no, I can't. You did those pretty much off the cuff. We'll just do it with Will. <laughs> just run it back. No, no, we can't. He already knows those. <laughs> Next ones. time I got to do. Give him one pass or fail. Okay. Off yeah, give me, yeah give, me, give me like two people. See what I can come up with. I'm not he's usually really, good at he's this. He's really good at these. He can just come up with them on the spot. Yeah, you have, you're like the master of coming up with games on the spot. Um, okay. Victor Wembenyama and <laughs> Warren Sapp. Uh, Victor is the number one pick in the uh, NBA, and Warren Sapp is one of the greatest football players of all time. Oh, wow. Damn, Will. Oh, I didn't know either of them. <laughs> yeah. Mr. I don't know sports. Two two. <laughs> yeah. I should have written 14 more. But well, Wembenyama, I, I say Wembenyana, he's like he's like seven feet tall, and he, he, right. he can like yeah. shoot a three. He can do everything. He's wow. crazy. Yeah. Give me another one. Come uh, on. Dude, I, I, I should have written 12 others. Just who, one who more. Won, who won the one Stanley more. Cup in 1984? 1984? Yeah. I have no That's idea. Crazy. I mean, I can guess. Yeah, take a guess. 84. Just name a team, bro. Dude, I'm... Tr- <laughs> I'm it's, a, it's a Canadian team. It's a Canadian yeah. team. Okay. Yeah. Edmonton. Yes. The Oilers? Edmonton Oilers. Correct. Yeah. With Wayne Gretzky. Easy, yes. Easy. Okay, I got one more. Oh, I should have thought about Gretzky. Yeah, how many? More. How many... So Cubs you're, you're, you're Gretzky won four, I think, with the Oilers. Here's the last final question, which is worth all the marbles. All the marbles, which this, I think you'll get. It's very easy. Is this for me? This yeah. is for you. Okay. <clears throat> um, Tommy Bahama and Tommy Pickles. Tommy Bahama <laughs> is a clothing brand, and Tommy Pickles is from Rugrats. Very good. That's wow. good. It's good. <laughs> wow. Great work. <laughs> Tommy Bahama. The, what are they? What was like their main thing? Was it the one with like the marlins on the back of the shirt, and they have like just random fish on the back of the shirt? It's some beach vibe. It has a has a, a front pocket. It says Tommy Bahamas, Bahamas, and in the back it just has like different fish. Now you're just showing off. Um, well, I think we're probably we're, winding we're, down. We're, 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 where are we going from here? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's that's the last segment. Yeah, we're. <laughs> 
this. Yeah, no, this is fun. It was fun. I, I, yeah, this is easy, and I'd I'd like to do this again with with you guys. So, um, thank you guys so much for for joining and coming on the podcast, the first one, Hatch House. Yeah, we're Appreciate gonna we're gonna keep these coming. House. I think right. We're gonna yeah. keep rolling them out. We're gonna. We're going to get, we all know a lot of people in Nashville, so we're going to get some of our other friends. Probably we'll start it off with some of our other friends that are, you know, musicians here in town and get them on here and, and hear their story about, you know, music and coming to Nashville and what they're up to and stuff. And then uh, we'll expand from there. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys.